Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, our featured guest is Alexandra Stockwell, and you can find her at alexandrastockwell.com. That's alexandrastockwell.com. Now, Alexandra, MD, man, she's fancy. MD is a physician turned relationship and intimacy expert. I know. Joseph, did you just say she went from an MD to a relationship and intimacy expert? I did. I did. She built a multiple six-figure business through personal referrals only. That's what we're talking about today because I know you're a coach out there and you got an awesome product and awesome service to deliver to the world, but you suck at marketing. Let's just be honest about it. You don't know how to get it out there to the people that need it desperately. So we are going to get into Alexandra's mind today and ask her how she did it. Now, she's focusing on becoming masterful at what she does with no attention on marketing or branding. See what, okay, all right. So now you're saying, well, wait, the girl who's focused, not focused on marketing and branding is going to tell me about marketing and branding? Well, there's more than one type of marketing and branding, isn't there? So we're going to get into it. Drawing on her experience as a medical doctor, relationship relationship and intimacy expert, as well as her own marriage of 23 years. Congratulations. She helps committed couples shift from thinking that long-term relationships are where passion goes to die. So depressing. To discovering how to create the exquisite emotional and sensual intimacy that you crave. For 20 years, she has been showing men and women how to bring pleasure and purpose into all aspects of their life. From the daily grind of running a household to ecstatic experiences in the bedroom. All right, that is an awesome bio. I just love that bio, right? Because you got like all my pleasure senses going. We got business, <laughs> we got marketing, we got sex and intimacy, right? We got it all going on here. Alexandra, welcome to the first 100K show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Yeah, thank you. I love hearing my bio as you speak it. It's like no one else. So, um, yeah, maybe I'll say that I've always wanted to learn about everything. I majored in philosophy in college, philosophy and math, actually. And then I went into medicine and then I went into relationship and intimacy coaching. And 
I may change yet because my real devotion is to learning and growing. And um, that's really been the secret to my success. Got it. So that's like the thread that has run through all these different passions in your life is your that burning desire to learn to grow personal improvement, self development. Is that right? Yes. And to take what I've learned and the work I've done on myself and be able to share it with others. So it benefits them too. And so there is this funny dichotomy because anybody who hears I went from practicing medicine to being a relationship and intimacy expert, the first question is why, why'd you do that? And for me, it's more pleasurable. Well, it's certainly more pleasurable. It's more, it's more effective. It's more lucrative. It's more, a lot of things. And internally it doesn't actually feel like a big shift in my internal journey. It was just the next move, but Mm. in terms of looking in from the outside and, status and all the education I've had, it does look like a dramatic shift, but it never really felt that way. Yeah, I got it. You know, it's different when you're, you're in it yourself, right? It's easy to look from the outside and go, wow, that was dramatic. What happened? And you're like, nah, I just kind of like showed up every day and just went through the motions. Okay. So take a minute, share with us something very personal that very few people in your business life actually know about you. All right. Well, it is very personal and it used to be something I really couldn't talk about. I had so much shame, but now it's something that I absolutely am grateful for all the things I learned. And that is um, in 2010, my husband and I, we had never had any debt besides a mortgage and student loan debt, which was considerable because I went to medical school, but anyway, it was educational debt. And through really a perfect storm in under 12 months between the drop in the housing market, um, following a spiritual con artist for a little while, and the, the um, EPA changing our home designation to wetlands and uh, what turned out to be a falsified certificate of the septic system. It was all these different things. And we went from no credit card debt when all was said and done and everything was taken care of to $290,000 in credit card debt. And so we moved from Massachusetts to rural Kansas and where this was just as the internet was opening up. So there weren't a lot of things to buy. And I um, expected it to take five years to pay down that debt. And actually it took two. And while that is, entirely in my personal life and not my business life. I didn't really have my business yet. I learned a lot of things that I apply in my business savvy. And I don't ever share that story. (laughs) You do on first 100K because I ask a provocative question, Startup Nation. I get up in the head of the entrepreneur guest that's on my show because I want to know what is that emotional roller coaster that they've been on in order to go from zero to 100K and beyond, right? Because it's, it's really 
oh, what is that mental game of entrepreneurship? That's what it comes down to. When you conquer yourself, you will win in business. Amen, amen. All right, so let's get down to business, Alexandra. My audience loves context. How much revenue, gross revenue approximately, did your business, your coaching business, do in the past 12 months? 250000 250K. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank and you. how long did it take you from day one, starting the business, to crossing the 100K mark? How long was that? Well, um, there is a simple answer, but I want to provide context. So I started my coaching business in 2013, and um, I really didn't pay any attention to revenue particularly. I just loved what I was doing. And then in uh, the very end of 2016, I got a coach. It was the first time I got business coaching. And... Um, I invested in her more than I'd ever made in a year. Mm. And then, then when I put my attention on it, uh, my first 100K I made within four months. So with my attention on it, the answer was four months. The actual length of my business, it was uh, four or five years. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. Now, that was good context, right? Because life just happens, doesn't it? It's not just a clear path most of the time in our lives. Okay, here's why I invited Alexandra onto the show, Startup Nation, because I know some of you are coaches. Maybe you do business coaching. Maybe you do relationship coaching like Alexandra. Maybe you do spiritual coaching. That's something I'm getting into right now. I'm starting a spiritual coaching practice on the side. I'm moonlighting with this, how to build faith into your business. Because I believe most of you are living this duality in your life. You have a faith, but you literally shut it down after Sunday. And then you go into your business life and you have what I call spiritual amnesia. And you forget that you're the spiritual being. And it's not just about the money and the pleasure and all the earthly, worldly stuff. So I brought Alexandra on to talk about what specific steps that she took in order to take her coaching business from zero to a her first 100K and then her second 100K. She's up to $250,000 a year. Are you? If you're not, grab a pen and paper. She's about to give you her strategies and how you can use them too. So Alexandra, let's go right into it. I know you showed up prepared. Tell me why you showed up prepared. Let's recap that story for Startup Nation, would you? Absolutely. So uh, we met in September at the New Media Summit and I really love how you think and uh, how you serve people. And so I wanted to be on your show and I have something important for anybody who's working on their first 100 K because I built my business, multiple six figure business without doing any marketing or anything like that. I am starting to do that now, but that's not how I um, built, achieved my first 100 K. I achieved it. And I told you, through being masterful as a coach. I put 100% of my attention into becoming excellent at what I do. And you said, well, how'd you do that? 
because if you're going to be on my show, you need to be able to tell people. And I said, I don't know. I just did it. But I gave it some thought, and I know exactly how I did it, and it is my pleasure to share that today. Startup Nation, did you get that? I really appreciate Alexandra sharing that with you, that little story. So here's a woman who got the results, but never took the time to look back and say, how did I actually get those results? Step by step. And right there, I'm guessing, Alexandra, that not only did you have powerful insight by looking back and really kind of going through, okay, what were the steps I took in order to make my first 100K and next? But it also is possibly a product that you now have where you can teach others and coach others on how to do that for themselves. And maybe it's a digital project where you just create it once and then it's, it's a, uh, what do they call it? Um, a green product, right? Where it's, uh, I forgot what it's called. Evergreen. Yes. Evergreen, an evergreen product. Yeah. Where it just sells automatically, right? So it's something to think about there. So what are your five strategies that you personally took to make your first 100K in your coaching business, Alexandra? Okay, excellent. I'm going to tell you the tips and then I'm going to explain each one. So first off, I always had something specific that I was working on in myself as a coach. Second was something specific I was working on in relation to my clients. I'm going to explain both of those in a minute. And then the third is I really refined and got good at articulating what I do and the results that my clients have because the more clear I was about that, the better I am at delivering it. Fourth thing that I highly recommend and I did too is to pick people either that I admired and wanted to emulate, or in my case, more often, people doing things and I didn't want to do it like them. And so I worked to make sure I did it differently. And then the fourth tip is any chunk of growth to break it up into small pieces. And if you think you're breaking it up into small pieces and not having success, break it up into pieces that are smaller still. So going back to tip number one to explain it a little bit more, I had an amazing mentor when I was a physician. He was this old family doctor who'd been practicing for 40 years. And family medicine is amazing and broad, but it also has a lot of redundancy and repetitiveness with people coming in with a cold or back pain. It can... Of course, it's very important that we speak with respect for the individual experiencing it, for, but for the doctor, it can get boring. And what he did was he always had something that he was working on. So no matter who came in, he always examined their hands. Or he had a phase where he always examined their ears. And so no matter what the patient's symptoms were, there was something that he was learning about to better understand the body. And I took this principle and applied it in my coaching. So at one time, my, my project, the thing I was working on was being able to end on time. There's a whole skill to ending a session promptly. And so no matter who I was coaching, no matter what their issue, 
part of my focus was on being able to end on time. And there's a whole list of things that I was working on personally. Any questions or should I keep going? Keep going. So that All was right. number one, right? That's number one, that I always have something that I'm focusing on my own skill. Number two is I always had something that I was working on in relation to my client, how to serve them better. So maybe um, there was a while when I I coached a lot of women and some older men. This was earlier before I'd really niched and I'd never coached any men in their 20s. So I went out and I asked someone if I could coach him. Like I, I wanted to um, continue to expand my ability to give my clients what they were looking for. I, um, in terms of something for the client, I might, might be working on my listening skills. The difference between working on something for my own skills and something for my client, um, speaking in general terms, they can sound similar, but it feels different. If, I'm, if I have my attention on what my client needs and I'm building those skills, or I have my attention on what I wanna cultivate and I'm building those skills. Then the third tip, you know, we all learn well, once we're paying attention to it, to describe what we do in an elevator pitch or something like that. And that can feel kind of um, superficial, honestly. And it was really important for me to be really clear, what's the purpose of what I'm doing? What are the kinds of results people get? What is it that I'm bringing them? And I focused on getting clear so I could answer potential clients' questions, but really that clarity had an Im immediate impact in my being able to be more masterful as a coach because the more clear I was, the better I could do the thing I said I do. Yeah, now you have the destination in mind where you're always going to take that client to that specific place, correct? Absolutely. The, the clarity about what I do and the results I get is like having the North Star. And Got so it. no matter where I am at sea. All right. And then the fourth thing, in my particular case, for the first few years, I did not have someone that I admired and wanted to emulate. But I saw a lot, a lot of examples of things I did not want to do. And I think to be an excellent coach, it's super important to be able to learn from other people's experiences, positive and negative. And uh, now there are so many coaches, anybody who's a coach, their Facebook feed's gonna be filled with stuff that you can decide, is this what I wanna do or is this what I don't wanna do? And both are equally useful in becoming excellent. And then how much, of, how much of that would you recommend Startup Nation actually copies or models? And then how much should they make their own, right? So like, say I find a, a coach who's in a similar uh, practice of what I want to do or what I'm doing. I like the way they present it better. I'm on their website. I'm like, man, that just makes sense. I can see why they're doing so well. How much of that should I actually model? Um, and how much should I make my own? Well, start with modeling. And for me, one of the foundations of excellent coaching 
no matter what your niche is, any of the ones you listed earlier, spiritual, health, business, <laughs> authenticity, and being connected with yourself as the coach are foundational across the board to being able to serve another coach well. So one of the things that I never do is use formulae. I, I don't, I've never had like a checklist that I work through during a session unless I've created that specifically for a client. So anything that I'm saying is based on the premise that authenticity is key to being an excellent coach. And when you're authentic, go for it. Try on the thing that you admire in somebody else, whatever is on their website, a technique they've used. And when you always have attention on authenticity, you will either make it your own or transform it in a way that is more authentic and therefore more effective for you. Got it. So what I'm hearing you say is uh, look at the technique or the, the way they present it, this other coach that you want to emulate their business, their practice, get the success they want. Kind of take it, try it on yourself, see if it actually fits. If it fits and you resonate with it authentically, then it's easy just to put it in your own language, in your own words, your own experience you can create for your clients where it's no longer copying, it's now uniquely your own. Is that correct? Absolutely, yes. And one of the things that can arise when um, coaches apply this piece of advice is they can feel out of integrity trying something on with a client. And I want to say it is our, it's part of our vocation to experiment and play because a lot of what we're doing as coaching, as coaches, is modeling a mindset for our clients. And so um, new coaches will sometimes say, well, I, I can't just try that out. The person's paying me. I need to you know, try it out and perfect it before I use it with a client. No, the nature of coaching is that you go for it. And if it doesn't work, it's your job to be paying very careful attention so you catch it immediately and say, that didn't work. Let's try this. Let's pivot. And sometimes your client can get more from the session by seeing how you handled your goof or your um, like calling it wrong, mm -hmm. that is of such value. You're not going to fill a session with that. But if you're otherwise quite good and you do that once or twice during a coaching package, it's a real gift to your client. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, go deeper on number five, tip five. Okay, so break, break it into smaller pieces. Um, I think one of the clearest examples is with sales. So uh, I've also trained a lot of coaches. That's not anywhere on my website, but I'm drawing on my experiences of how other coaches have um, learned. And let's say somebody has the goal for whatever reason they've decided that they want to charge um, $300 a session. And currently they're charging 50. Mm -hmm. Well, if I say, okay, go ahead and charge $300 a session, it's very rare. It's like 2% of people who are going to just go do that. But if I say, all right, so your next uh, five clients, you tell them my rates are $300 a session, but the next person I'm going to be charging 75. Then the jump from 50 to 75 works and 
um, that coach is likely to succeed. And then maybe you sell two for 125 and then uh, one for 200 and then you make the $300 sale. Any, it's so important to have big goals and it's important to be clear, what's the step that's a little bit of a stretch, but I really can take it. I think we all need to find that, that sweet spot where we're stretching and continuing to grow, but it's not too much that like a piece of elastic, we end up snapping back and contracting and don't make the progress. And <coughs> just like the expression, um, you know, our eyes are bigger than our stomach. We sometimes like our goals are bigger than the actions we can take. No problem. Don't dial down your goals. Don't give up. Just break it down into um, steps along the way. So instead of one big jump, you're really putting one foot in front of another, of another headed to that destination. I like that. Don't dial down your goals. Maybe dial down some of the steps to get there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And if, um, if again, your rates are $50 a session, you want to charge 300 and saying 75 feels confronting, then a way to break that down is stand in front of the mirror and make that offer charging $75 to yourself 20 times a day for five days and it will feel comfortable doing it with a, cl a potential client. Or you could dial down by going from 50 to 55 or 50 to 52. It really like you just figure out how small does it need to be that it's going to be real progress and you can do it. Startup Nation, I really like how Alexandra just gave us the wuss approach, right? For all you wusses out there who are like, oh man, I can't raise my prices to double or triple what they are. She's like, raise it by $2, yo. Raise it by $2 if that's where you need to start. That's fine. Then raise it by five, then by 10, then by 50, 100. Before you know it, you're at double and triple your rates. I really like that approach and I, I like the example. Really great example. All right, I'm gonna do a quick recap here because Startup Nation, those were some serious, uh, deep um, type of strategies. Like a lot of people come on my show, Alexandra, and they give, well, just do this, 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 and this, but they don't actually go deep with it, with each one. And you went deep with each one and it makes sense. It really does make sense. And it also makes it where I have to think these through. I can't just like, okay, let me apply all five tomorrow. It's like, no, I have to actually sit with it. Okay. Why am I doing tip number one. Okay. What do I really want to say here? What's tip number two? And, and I think it's important that we, we take the time to be still, not only in our spiritual life, but to be still in our business life and to really just kind of sit with who am I serving? Who's that, that avatar, that, that type of person, what's going on in their life? What are they wrestling with? What's their number one big problem they're trying to solve? How can I help them get there and solve it, et cetera? And I, I really like what you did there. So Startup Nation, let's go through the five tips again. I'm going to put it in Joseph's speak here. All right. So tip number one, work on your skills, right? Work on your skills. Develop one skill 
in your in yourself in your business that you want to work on right so always be working on your personal skills so uh Alexandra used the example of if you're someone who always runs over time on your client sessions, then just start developing that one skill of ending promptly on time, the time that you said. And a quick story, I've done this for my podcast, right? I now have, for all of our viewers, a podcast clock, right? And it's a visual. You see the red Red mark to Alexander, it actually counts down and it just keeps getting smaller and smaller. So visually, I know when we're coming up on 30 minutes, where before I was always running 45 minutes, 50 minutes, and it was just too long for the average listener if they're driving and commuting from work, etc. So I needed to develop that skill of ending in 30 minutes. So I got myself a tool to actually do it and it's been working. Now my average show is about 30 to 35 minutes. So I'm like right there in that space. And so always be developing that personal skill, working on yourself. That's tip number one. Tip number two, Startup Nation, Alexandra says, work on developing client skills, right? Skills that are going to help you better serve your client. So what might that look like? It might look like I don't know, something simple where maybe when you speak with your clients on your Zoom chats or whatever, you tend, when you talk, you tend to look away from the camera and not right at your client, right into their eyeballs and maybe start developing that skill. I had to do that as well is when I do my podcast, I have to look into the camera in an inanimate object and visualize who I am speaking with. And that's how I better serve. One of the skills that I developed in this uh, phase of things is to learn to interrupt. It's funny that I just interrupted you as I was You literally practice your skill on me. Yeah, because sometimes clients, they're used to filling the space and you do them a favor to just interrupt, but I had to work on that. Yes, and to really do it to serve or you know, something else, right? We have all these stories in our head. And I had to work on that with my guests where they're going off on a rant and they're starting to go down a tangent or whatever. And I'll be like, hold on, I got to pause you right there. Let's go back into what you just said there. And they're so happy that I did it after the fact, right? So I love that. All right, step three, Alexandra says, is articulate what you do for clients. Like focus on getting clear in how you present that out loud to yourself and to the world. Practice in the mirror, she says, right? Like literally craft your pitch. And does it land for you? Like, would you buy from you? If you wouldn't, (laughs) keep working, right? You got to get clear and then bounce it off other people. I've done that as well. And I'll test it out in conversations. Just I'll drip it in. Like when I'm working on a new product and I'll present, I'll kind of be like, oh yeah, I do this, I do this. Like, like it took me a while just to get the clear pitch for first 100K. It's like, yeah, I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000 because I believe that's where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck, but nobody's talking about it. We're all listening to the millionaires and billionaires and they share all their top strategies, but those strategies only work at that level of the game. They don't actually work when you're struggling with 100K. So I bring people on to talk about what you do to get past the 100K. What are those strategies? Like that took a while to craft that, but now people go, wow, yeah, man, that makes total sense. I get it. So take the time to do that. Step four, tip four, Alexandra says, is pick a business role model and then study them, model them, tweak it, do it differently, make it authentically your own, unique to you. 
I think that's powerful. I'm doing that right now with my spiritual coaching business. I'm researching all these different spiritual gurus and stuff. And you know what, Alexander, I got to be real with you. I'm seeing some of the most successful spiritual uh, gurus and coaches out there. And they are so good at marketing and presenting and articulating that people buy in the masses. But when I actually study what they're, what it is that they actually do for people, like their service and stuff, half the time it's just all hype. It, like it's got no substance to it. And I'm like, wait a second, I got something that's substance. I really want it. It's my obligation to get better at presenting it for people so that I can show up and serve more people in the world. So Startup Nation, finally tip five, Alexandra says, Break up your goals into smaller pieces, right? Break it into smaller pieces, small doable tasks. Even when it comes down to sales, break it into simple price uh, increases, right? In your presentation. And then I really like what you said. Don't dial down your big goals. Dial down the steps to get there. Make it digestible for yourself. Alexander, how do I do with that? Anything you want to add? I think you did fantastically. I love how you've applied it in your life. And, you know, I've given the examples from my life. And um, I just want to say, I think anybody listening who's a coach, there's a version of this that applies to your work and what you're doing. And while there are five tips, that's a lot for some people. So pick the one that you want to work on first. And when you feel like that's normal, no big deal, like driving without paying attention, then add your second one. I'm not sure I would have used that metaphor. There's too many drivers not paying attention in the world. <laughs> okay, got it. So this is my favorite part of the show, Alexandra. Welcome to the hustle round. This is where I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions. Sorry, 10 quick fire questions. I've shortened it. I got more sniper. All right. You're going to have three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? I am ready. Alexandra, what's your favorite sound? I love hearing the birds in the tops of the trees in the early morning. Man, that's a great sound. What's your least favorite sound? Uh, a jackhammer outside the window while I'm trying to sleep. Mm, big time. What are you most afraid of? I'm, uh, I have had a lot of life experience. I've received a lot of gifts in my life, and I think I'm most afraid of squandering it, not really taking that and having it be something of service for others too. Mm, I get that. So many people die with regrets, right? Because they squander the gifts and talents that they've been given. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Oh, um, clicking on Facebook ads for uh, ways to grow your business. <laughs> Wasn't that market research? <laughs> what secret fear do you have about people? I really don't feel afraid of people. It's we all so we all have a secret fear. What's a yours? Secret fear. How you show up to people, how they show up to you, their intentions, your intentions. What's your secret fear about people? Oh, uh, that people won't realize who I am and what I have to offer. Mm, see, there you go. That's a solid one. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? 
The distinction between a hobby and a business. I think the first uh, five years I treated it as a really fun hobby, but that wasn't a conscious choice. And once I heard somebody distinguish between a hobby and a business, I shifted into the business lane. And four months later, I had my first 100K. What was the big ha aha moment that made you make that transition? Because I know so many of my listeners, they haven't got there yet. They're still treating their business like a hobby. So what was it or what did that person say that just went bam, hit you right between the eyes? Well, the person just talked about the difference. I had just been going about my quote business serving clients and I hadn't realized that I was treating it like a hobby. And when he explained what it looks like when you treat your business like a hobby and what it looks like when you treat your business like a business, I was like, I've been treating it like a hobby. So the ways that that shows up is I didn't have separate business accounts. Mm. Like I, I, I kept track of how much money I received from any given client, but I didn't have totally separate business accounts and personal accounts. I, um, another distinction between a hobby and a business is a hobby. When I was doing it as a hobby, I was just meeting my clients needs as they arose. And as a business, I spend time working on my business, thinking about what I want my business to look like instead of just responding to whoever's knocking on my door. Those are two examples of Mm. Very significant shifts that I made. I, I basically, I started visioning and choosing my goals. And that is required for a successful business. And for a hobby, not so much. Man, those are great examples, right? Startup Nation, are you intentional about where you're taking your business? Or are you just being re reactionary and just happy and grateful for the few clients that are coming to you right now that are keeping your lights on? Like you really want to get clear about that. I think that's powerful. Uh, Alexander, what's a new habit you want to form? I want to uh, exercise in the mornings. Got it. What's a bad habit you want to break? I go to bed way too late. I, I have four children. I have a full life and I just love that time after everyone else is asleep, but it's not really good the next morning. Mm, got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Mm. Authentic, juicy, and driven. I like them. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. Uh, nice, curious, and um, internally passive. Like mm. I looked like I was taking action, but I really was responding rather than generating from within me. I like it. Startup Nation, she went from nice to juicy. Like you can't beat that. That's cool. And last question, Alexandra, if you could come back to life after you died, tell your family and friends, look your, your children in the eye and only give them one piece of advice. What would you say to them? Go for it. Go for it. Very simple. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K or next? 
Yeah, um, it's super important to realize that it may not look like it, but being in business is a path of enlightenment. It doesn't, it's not like the eight stages of the Buddha or uh, being hit by grace, St. Augustine in the garden, you know, every, every spiritual tradition has its version. And um, I think it really is a spiritual journey that building that first 100k it involves evolving identity and reckoning with one's internal demons and um really embrace it as such but don't get trapped in that remember to keep taking action in the very conventional practical sense love it first one for uh, startup nation we've been listening to alexandra stockwell you can find her at alexander's alexandrastockwell.com. That's alexandrastockwell.com. Alexandra, what's the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you? Is there any other social media channels or anything like that you want to tell us about? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. You can find me easily. I think there is one other Alexandra Stockwell, but I'm the juicy one. And um, there's a contact page on my website. I would love to hear any response, questions, follow-up questions, how you applied this and what happened for you. I am totally available for conversation and um, there's a piece of my heart devoted to helping people live their purpose. So reach out. So let me ask you this, because you mentioned real briefly uh, earlier that you've coached other coaches on growing their coaching practice. Is that something that you're available to do uh, for Startup Nation, right? Can they hire you to kind of coach them in their coaching practice if they want to implement those five steps, but they're getting stuck somewhere? Absolutely. I used to have a business training coaches. I'm really devoted to coaches who want to grow through becoming excellent. And um, there's no package on my website. I'm very uh, forward-facing as a relationship and intimacy expert. And I love doing it. I'm good at it. It is very efficient work because I'm coming from what I know as a relationship and intimacy expert. So I will deliver that training in a very customized way so you can take it and run with it. So yeah, I'm absolutely available. And if you want to get a group of uh, three people together, I'll work with the three of you. I'm, I'm really wide open. I respond to questions and requests. Mm -hmm. Cool. And what's the best way uh, for people to reach out to you? Is it via email? Is it a contact page on your website? What's the best way? There's, there's a contact page on my website and um, my assistant or I will respond rapidly. Awesome. Alexandra, thank you for being on our show today. I wish you peace, love, and your next 100K. Thank you, Joseph. I feel so honored to be here and touch your guests. God bless you. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to BrokenCatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.